Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our spiritual walk and teaching profession should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. This series is about finishing strong, strategies for making the final weeks of school count. And we talked about how sometimes we don't feel up to finishing strong, right? We're exhausted. There's a lot going on, but how we can find strength in Christ because these last weeks really do provide such a wonderful opportunity to make those final connections with our students, to finish up academically, and to prepare ourselves for a good near year next year. So if you missed the first couple episodes, I want to encourage you to go back and check those out. But today, we're going to be talking about strategies for closing down your classroom like a pro and closing down your classroom in a way that, first of all, doesn't cause a lot of chaos this year, so it's a smooth finish, but also in a way that sets you up for a really um, more organized and smooth setup of your classroom when you get back next year in the fall. So what I'm going to be doing here is sharing kind of an aggregate of tips from a few different people, things I've picked up. In particular, I'm going to be sharing um, some tips from Angela Watson, creator of the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek that you know we've had her on the podcast before. She has a lot of amazing tips on this and an article that I'm going to link to. And then secondly, uh, I'm going to share actually a clip of an interview that we did with Kelly Jackson on organizing your room at the end of the year was really great. Um, This was a special interview and special resource we had for our Teach for the Heart Plus members this month, um, which actually, if you want to get access to, you can join Teach for the Heart Plus at teachfortheheart.com slash plus. But I'm going to play an an excerpt of that for you today because she really had some amazingly helpful tips about um, packing up our classroom. So first of all, just a general tip is don't pack up too early the things that are really visible, okay? So in other words, don't start taking the things off the wall, the things that students really see and that say to them, this is our classroom. Don't take that off too early because as soon as you start taking all of that down, it kind of signals to the students, oh, we're done. And the focus and behavior follows. So rather than starting, sometimes we those are the most visible things. And so we think, oh, I got to take care of these. But instead, start with the things that are not so visible. Uh, start with organizing your desk or your closets or cabinets or your computer files, as Kelly's going to share a little bit about that. Um, start with things that are less obvious and save the visible pack up, um, taking things down and like deconstructing the classroom for the very End. And that's actually Angela Watson's advice. And we'll link to a blog post where she goes into this in a lot more detail in the series, in our blog post for this series, which is at teachfortheheart.com slash finish, teachfortheheart.com slash finish slash finish. But what Angela recommends is to wait till one of the very last days of school to deconstruct your classroom and to do it kind of all in just one day. Now, obviously, this is going to look a little bit different if you have elementary versus if you have multiple different classes in middle school and high school. But in either case, uh, she says it's really great to wait so that once again, they don't have that cue of we're done. 
and to have your students help. So the way she recommends doing it is have a list of jobs that need to be done. So like these are all the things that you want to be done. And then have students do them. Now, at first, I thought that she was saying to have students all doing it at the same time. And I thought, wow, that's really going to be chaotic. But actually, her advice is even smarter than that. She recommends not having everyone doing their deconstructing at once. That would be too chaotic. And it really, that would be very hard to manage, right? You're trying to tell this. If you've ever, you know, been to something where you're trying to organize multiple things at once, it's very difficult. So she says, instead, have some type of really engaging independent work activity that the students are doing that day. And then have just like one or two pairs of students work on specific tasks at a time while the rest of the class is doing the activity. That way you can give them instructions, supervise as necessary um, really easily while keeping an eye on your class. And then when that pair is done, they then rejoin the main assignment and you give the next pair the next task. So in that way it stays organized and you can get really everything done relatively quickly by having pairs of students help with the different tasks. I love that idea. I feel like it makes so much sense and is kind of a fun way to get students involved. So if you want to find out more about that, check out her article. We'll link to it at teachfortheheart.com slash finish. Okay, and then the next thing I want to do is play you the excerpt from our special exclusive interview Kelly Jackson did. Kelly Jackson is from the Simply Organized Teacher, and in this excerpt, she's going to share some of her tips for organizing your classroom because this is really at the end of the year is such an opportunity to do a little bit of organization. And my biggest recommendation as you listen to this is if is to realize that you can do a lot of organization or you can do a little depending on how much time you have. So don't be overwhelmed by any of her tips. Just think, could I do at least a little bit of this? And if you can do a little bit of it, you might find, oh, this feels really good. I want to do more, right? Um, But don't assume you have to do everything for it to be worthwhile. Basically, everything you can organize, every little bit you do, is going to be that much easier come next fall. Um, So let's listen to her advice that she has here. I want you to think about packing up, like, even in March, April, beginning of May, like start thinking through this process because there's things that you can be doing that far in advance that are not going to get signal to your kids like, oh, hey, the end of the year is here uh, because that is one you know, problem that can arise. If you start emptying out cabinets or taking things off the walls, like that's going to communicate to your kids, you're done, so they're done. <laughs> so... There's two things I want you to think about, like you can start ahead of time. And one of them is just start going through your technology. So cleaning out your inbox, going through your drives and your folders and deleting documents that you don't need, things that are old, things that you haven't touched in a while. In fact, when I was teaching, I think for a solid month, like, you know, I'd I'd spend five or 10 minutes a day going through. I just went down my folders in my drive. And, you know, today I'm going to tackle these two folders and all the subfolders that are in there and clean out anything that I don't need. So that's one thing you can do. The other thing that I think is a really great opportunity for teachers is, and inside this checklist that they can download, there's a, a sheet where you can, you know, write these things down, but a thinking ahead list. And so thinking through what do I want to do differently next year or what Things do I want to make sure I have in place for the first week of school? Because after a summer of being off and being in your own world, you kind of forget like, oh, I want to tweak that or I want to change that or that didn't really work. So this time now is a really good time to start thinking through 
what do I want to change for next year? And then writing that down. You don't have to do anything with it, but just write it down and kind of get those thoughts out on paper. So those are a couple of things that you can you can do ahead of time. But then in this checklist, I think there's six. Um, I used bullet points on my notes, not numbers. I think there's six bullet points here. So the first thing you're going to do is your tech. Start cleaning out your technology because you can start that ahead of time. Then getting bins to organize things that you want to donate, things that you want to sell, things that you want to just give away, because that's going to be a big process of cleaning out your cabinets and getting them packed up is you're going to find things that you don't want anymore. And so how are you going to get rid of those things? And then the next step, step three, emptying out your cabinets. This is going to be where, you know, it's, there's going to be a lot more work involved. Um, and in the checklist, there is a link to a video where I walk, I'm literally unpacking my cabinets and putting them into boxes that you can walk, uh, watch through. And then step four is starting to take down the things on your walls. And this is something you want to wait to do until a week before the end of school, two weeks, you know, really up until the last minute, because like I said, those kids are going to start thinking, oh, I can take this. Now I come from the elementary background and I know you're secondary, but in elementary, we had a ton of anchor charts. And honestly, what I did with them is laid them out on the ground and you know, table one, come pick whatever anchor chart you want. And they would pick them and take them home. So I wasn't just necessarily throwing them away. Their parents probably threw them away when they got home, but I felt a little bit better about not just putting it in the recycle bin. And, you know, some kids like that kind of stuff and want to take it home and play school with it or whatever. It's a nice review. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last two steps are packing your like items together. So this is where you're going to start thinking through for next year. And, you know, all of your math stuff, try to put it in one box. So when you're thinking about organizing your classroom, you want to have zones in your classroom or homes in your classroom to where if you're, if you're teaching multiple subjects, you have a cabinet that is for this subject or a cabinet for that subject. Um, you want to set up these zones in your classroom. And so when you're emptying out your cabinets and packing things up, be strategic and like, what are the zones I want in my classroom? And then pack things in boxes according to those zones. So that's where next year you come back and it's like, okay, here's all of the stuff for my desk in this box. I'm not just, you know, willy nilly throwing things in. It's all, it's already organized. So then you can set it up. Um, and then let me see, hold on. I want to make sure I didn't Okay, I got everything that I wanted to talk about on that, but I had a lot of notes on that bullet point. Uh, and then lastly, just that planning ahead, that is something that we, we kind of talked about already, but more specifically, what do you need for the first week of school? Go ahead and get that stuff combined together. So that way, when you do come back, you're not having to search and rummage through. Because I, I know in my experience, and I have friends who, for whatever reason, the school shut down until like three or four days before it's back to school. And then you're in a rush trying to get set up. The last thing you want to be doing is trying to find stuff for meet the teacher night or stuff for your first week of school activity. So go ahead and get that stuff planned and prepped and your future self will definitely be thanking your past self for doing that. Um, okay. A few questions that came up as you were going through this. Um, one is, and I know you go into this morning, you're training, but 
can we just real quick, make sure people are understanding the concept of like the different bins Mm -hmm. in that, I think step two. So you're, I think what you're saying is that like, get just, just have bins ready Mm -hmm. so that when you're like, I don't want to keep this. You can just be like, I want to donate it or I want to trash it. Is that right? Is that right? Does that free your mind to basically not feel like I have to just pack everything because I have a place to put it? Is that kind of the philosophy behind it? Yeah. And something I didn't do a good job of explaining right now, but in my classroom, I had kind of like a corner of my room that once the end of the year was coming was kind of off like the kids weren't accessing it. So this is where I would just leave these three bins laying out at all times. Mm. So then that way, if, for example, let's say, again, I know I'm speaking in my elementary (laughs) brain, but, you know, if we had indoor recess for some reason and the kids were, you know, playing or doing whatever, and I had 15 minutes, I could go through a cabinet and, you know, just take things out and put them wherever they needed to go. They were already, those bins were already there ready for me. Gotcha. So you're setting yourselves up to make all the rest of the organization exactly. for the whole year. You're easy. getting organized like having, having about for, you know, you're getting organized to organize basically. <laughs> but that makes sense. That makes it so much easier if you're just like, cause I have a place to put this. If I want to donate it, if I want to trash it or, what, or whatever the case, uh-huh. that makes so much sense. Okay. My second question was, um, a little bit, just a, can we talk a little bit more about those zones? Because that seems like a really, a really helpful thing. And I guess different classrooms and different, that might look different. So in elementary, it might be like math, you know, and this. Um, in secondary, though, I mean, if you like have a classroom library, it's just the concept basically like you want to pack things that go together, together. Like that's, that's, that's simple. But I, as I'm thinking, I'm like, no, I didn't always do that. I mean, that's, that's kind of the main, is that, is there more to it that I'm sure there's more to it than that, but is that the basic idea? Yeah, that's the basic idea because, so I'm thinking of a teacher specifically that I taught with who had me come in and help her organize her classroom. And she had stuff for reading stations all over the classroom, like in that corner, in that corner, Mm -hmm. back here. And when I was helping her get her classroom organized, I was like, why don't we bring all of the reading station stuff to this one area in the classroom. It doesn't mean they can't go sit over in that corner or that corner or back there to go do the activity, but let's get all of the items in this zone of the classroom so that the kids know everything that, that belongs to this, you know, goes here. And so that is something I see teachers often making a mistake on is letting stuff kind of sprawl out around the classroom and so when you're setting up your classroom, I want you to think about having these zones in your classroom. And so when you're, so like, I mean, there's a lot of forethought here or backtracking, but you're thinking through what are those zones going to be? So then I can gather all those things from all areas of the room, put them in this one box. So whenever it's time to unpack, I unpack it all into this area of the classroom. Yes. Okay. That makes, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah. Just thinking through, do I have these if it goes together, is it scattered and can I consolidate it so that it has a home that's central? Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. And then my last question is different. And I don't, I mean, I don't know. Every, every school is so different. Have different teachers and different schools have different levels of like how much needs to be packed Mm up. (laughs) Um, You know, the school I taught in was also a church. So, you know, they were like, nothing can be here, but everything could be, we were allowed to keep stuff in the closet and stuff in the desk. So it was like, kind of just like throw everything in the closet, you know, other place, other teachers, 
they're like, I'm having the same room. So they leave a lot yeah. in the yeah. same spot. Other teachers, I mean, obviously if you're completely moving school, like nothing is left. So there's that whole spectrum. Can you speak at all? Um, I don't know. I feel like the more you're moving, the more it's like the more you're going to want to, you have to, mm-hmm. you might as well organize it. You have to pack everything mm-hmm. up anyhow. But what would you, can you give maybe speak a little bit to the people that are maybe tempted to just like, I can just throw everything in the closet or like, you know, I, I'm having the same classroom, so I, I don't really need to take that much. There's only, there's not that much I need to take down. Um, will this look a little different for them or like what argument would you make to like, yes, it's still worth, like how much is worth going through? What, what, What thoughts do you have on that? Well, I think it comes down to like what, if organization, you want that to be a priority for you in the next year, then at some point you are going to have to go through the stuff in your cabinets, right? So are you going to go through it now when you have a little bit more time and flexibility in your schedule after testing and, you know, that it's not as rigid in the classroom or are you going to do it before school starts or are you just going to go into the school year again and, you know, the cycle repeat itself? So I, I definitely think it's worth taking the time you can kind of do the same strategy, just instead of putting things in boxes, you can take things out of cabinets and then decide like, okay, this cabinet is going to be for these things. And then you start, maybe you have like kind of a a drop box where you, you know, you take everything out of the cabinet and you know, this cabinet is going to be for math manipulative. So you put all that stuff back in, whatever doesn't go in there goes in this drop spot until you get to the cabinet where that stuff can go. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is, even if I don't have to pack up all this stuff, I'm going to use all of this because you're right. At the end of the year, as busy as it is, there's also these pockets of uh-huh. dead time, which like giving kids a test, or I like, or sometimes you have a couple days at the end of the year, and you're like, my grades are done, but I have to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. Yeah. So rather than just being like twiddling my thumbs, I want to get out of here. We're investing now because you're right. There's this temptation to say I'll organize it at the start of next year, but. And yes, there's some time, but there's never as much no. time as we think. No. <laughs> At the start of the school year, there's always more to do than time to do it. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. So just going through, even if I don't have to pack everything up, I can just be like, I want to go through as much. And if I don't get through everything, I, the more I get through, the better. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's super helpful. I hope you found this advice from Kelly helpful and that this gives you just a few ideas on how you can organize and have your classroom ready to go and deconstruct it quickly and relatively easily without it being burdensome to you and set yourself up so that things are a little bit easier come next fall. If you want access to the full conversation with Kelly Jackson and some of the resources that she's put together for our Teach for the Heart Plus members, you can join Teach for the Heart Plus at teachfortheheart.com slash plus. Well, that's all for this week. Next week, I hope you'll join us because we're going to talk about a key to future success. And we're going to talk particularly about how to spend, it doesn't even need to take time, but just how to put a little bit of intentionality into reflecting now at the end of the year on what went well, what didn't, what you might want to change while it's still fresh in our mind. This, just a tiny bit of time can be so, so helpful um, for future years coming up and also to help you decompress and be ready to actually enjoy the summer and kind of let go of some of the thoughts and things that have been um, in your mind from the school year. So I hope that you'll definitely come back and join us again next week. Once again, all of the notes and links from this episode in the entire series is at teachfortheheart.com slash finish. I hope that if you've been enjoying it, you'll share it with a colleague or teacher friend. 
Well, thank you guys so much for being here. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, teacher, remember, God is at work in you and through you, and he's using you to make a difference. Keep your eyes on him and teach for the heart.